Yo, what's up? What's up, man? Hey, how are you, man? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Awesome, awesome. What's going on? How, how are your uh, holidays leading um, up to holidays going? You finished your shopping? Uh, I did not finish the shopping. I Yeah, I'm nowhere near finished shopping. Um, but holidays are good. Holidays are really good. Good to hear, man. Uh, for those who don't know, please introduce yourself. Oh, we're live already. Oh, sick. Sweet. Yeah, um, yeah, I'm Daryl, uh, Daryl Priano. I drive the We Are Lions Federal Tire Imagine Garage Senpai Motorworks BMW E36. Um, and yeah, I mean, I'm a, a Pro-Am driver in the Top Drift Series and also the Drift League Series. Nice. And nice. how many years have you been competing? Uh, competing, I've been competing for four years, but I've been driving for, I want to say five and a half years. Oh, okay. That's, that's, that's a pretty solid time. And you're how old right now? Uh, I'm 26. Oh, okay. So, okay. 21 when you started basically? 20? Yeah. Basically. Okay. That's pretty cool. And, uh, how did, uh, how did you find out about drifting? Where did you discover uh, it? Well, so... Uh, a friend of mine actually took me to Adams. Um, uh, it was a long time ago. It was like right, right after high school, he took me to Adams, and he was like, "Hey, man, there's this thing going on at Adams. Um, so let's go hang out. Let's go check it out." So that's that's where I caught a first glimpse of drifting. Um, and then um, out of out of I guess like social media, being on Twitter and things like that, I won tickets to Formula D Irwindale off the Need for Speed. Um, Twitter, uh, Twitter user account, I guess. Mm -hmm. So like, I won some contest and I got two free tickets to Irwindale. Um, so that was when I actually saw like, you know, um, I believe it was like the last season of like Team Need for Speed and you know like Matt Powers and Mad Mike competing. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, that was that was a long time ago. Um, so yeah, I got I got hooked on that. And I mean, they just snowballed from there. Nice, dude. You know, it's funny is um, I actually been following you before you even knew who I was. Oh yeah, <laughs> sick, dude. Yeah. Um, real quick, car watch. I gotta find it. But I remember it was a Thursday night drift, and it was the first time I saw you drive. It's when your car was all black. Okay. And uh, oh. yeah, it's it was a while ago. I think it was like 2015. Yeah, it had yeah. to be 2015. It had to be 2015. And then, uh, like, I went up and I said hello, and I was like, okay. And I made, like, a super awkward conversation, and then I just walked away. <laughs> <laughs> because everyone always has awkward conversations with me. Um, you just get really shy, but I, I tend to always have awkward conversations, so it's kind of, like, no big deal anymore. It's not you. It's actually me. Uh, oh, okay. All right. Yeah, sure, if you yeah want I, ha actually, I have, like, super weird... Uh, Social anxiety. Well, yeah, I guess you can call it social anxiety. I just want to deal with people. <laughs> I don't know how to approach people in person. It's, it's kind of our job now, so we're going to have to figure it out. I know. And, <laughs> and that's why I'm on this and not YouTube. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But uh, that's pretty cool. And uh, when I have that, how did your season go this season? Uh, How'd you yes. do? Because you run two separate ones, technically. Yes, my top drift season actually that one was the better of the two seasons i i just looked on the scores um like a couple days ago i finished eighth mm -hmm. so like top the so eighth place um out of i believe it said 45 drivers so that's not too bad that's great uh, 
yeah. Um, so that's that's my best uh, finish in in my what five years of drifting. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the drift league, um, I stopped drifting after round three because we had a, a mechanical failure with the trans. Uh, the trans blew up. I remember that. Yeah. So after that, you know, um, I'm nowhere near like the point standing. Why don't we should maybe like focus our our efforts into like Rome, you know, since he was like, he's also my teammate, but he's, he was really close at the time. So we were like, yeah. you know what, let's just double our efforts on Rome and get him that pro license. Yeah. And then, and actually he got licensed twice, correct? Yeah, he got, he got That's his license nice. and, um, in the drift league. And he was also pretty close in Southwest drift, but then we stopped, we stopped, uh, going to the Southwest drift events. Oh, okay. And there's only three of those, correct? Uh, I think I think so, but I thought there was four. I That's could be I wrong too. But uh, I was looking at it, it said uh, final round three, and I was like, oh, okay, there's three. Yeah, he did. Uh, he did Vegas. He did Colorado, and, um, and that was it. Gotcha. Okay, and then I believe the last one's in Arizona, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. How did you guys uh, end up hooking that up? How did you guys? Where does We Are Lions come from? So, um. Back in 2015, when the car was still black, uh, we went to All Star Bash, and there was a team tandem competition. Um, and it was basically it was me, uh, RJ, who who runs Big Duck Club, um, mm-hmm. fellow who drives a yellow E36 turbo. He's from the East Coast, and Kelsey Rawlings. Um, so we we were pitted together, and we were like, you know what? Let's just do this whole team tandem thing. Um, and we are lines came from basically the lack of us having a team name the night before at the hotel, I was watching, uh, Troy, that movie with Brad Pitt, where he's a, like a Spartan or something. Vaguely remember. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. There's this scene and, um, and I, I found the YouTube video, but there's a scene where he goes, my, my fellow brothers, uh, was something, something he was, there was a, there was a giant battle that was about to happen. And then he, uh has this quote that says we are lions and everyone like just cheers it was pretty sick so it kind of stuck gotcha is that where'd you guys get the lion from on the car the lion uh we we found a vector online Uh um and no one was using it right so i I bought the vector and i was like you know what this is gonna be pretty sweet um and i just threw it on the car It's, it's been it's been there for maybe two years now yeah, you did it. You did it for the uh, 2017 season, correct? Or yeah, the end the of 2016. Blue, I did that, and um, yeah. it looked pretty cool. So I just continued it over. There's nothing wrong with it. I like actually really love the new color. Yeah, the looks... burgundy. Um, it's, it's just such a shame that like it's such a hard color to recreate. So I yeah, so every time we like you know smash a bumper or <laughs> destroy a side skirt, it's like dang, we can't we can't really repaint it. So. You know, that's why I personally want to do the vinyl wrap. So when I go pick up a bumper from Pick Apart, I could just wrap it. Yeah, that's a good idea. You know, um, I, was, I was hearing stories that people who, you know, they hit walls with their rear bumper and things like that. Um, yeah. If it's a fiberglass bumper, it doesn't fall apart as much because the, the wrap holds it together also. Oh, especially with... Okay, that's good to know. Are you still running yeah. the stock plastic bumper in the rear? Um, Yes and no. It was. It's a... It's a fiberglass knockoff mm-hmm. of, a, of an M3 bumper, but then um, at one point, I think I only had it for like two rounds, but uh, Nick, my brother, he heavily modified the bumper, so there was like a 
extension piece that he created to make it look a little bit more aggressive. Oh, it's a, a kind of like a body kit style deal. Yeah, like, it was like a, a, a bumper extension kit. Okay. That, yeah. That's pretty cool. And then uh, tell us a little bit about your car for people who do not know what you have going on in that thing. Yeah, so it's a 95 BMW. Um, it started life with, obviously, an inline six, but then uh, to be competitive, we decided to throw a 5.3 uh, motor out of a Silverado inside of it. And it was, it was just a motor I found off of some guy on Craigslist who was parting off his Silverado. Yeah, he crashed his car, so I picked up the motor. Um and then just, you know, the wiring harness and ECU and things like that. Um, so that's paired up, the 5.3 is paired up to a TR6060 Trans, which came out of a Cadillac CTS-V. Um, at the time when we bought the Trans, the we thought it was a T56, but after we blew it, after we blew it up, we found out it was like for sure a TR6060. Um, and so, yeah, so now it's it's been rebuilt and it's pretty solid now. Uh, what else? There's obviously custom drive shaft. There's a pretty sweet MG angle kit, mm-hmm. uh, MG Solutions angle kit on the car. Um, and then all the fab work um, we do is between uh, Nick, who runs Senpai Motorworks, and Rome, who runs Imagine Garage. Okay. Nice. Yeah. Do you want like horsepower numbers and everything too? You or? know. Uh, I'm glad you brought that up because I brought you up <laughs> in the last episode, and I remember you not having a whole lot of power until. Yeah, I don't know so... if you still don't make a whole lot of power, but I know that you raise it up a little bit, oh, from my understanding. Um, the the joke that I usually say around like you know all the competitors is even though I have a V8, um, I'm probably the slowest V8 because all of all of our friends, you know, they run like big old LS2s or you know like some crazy six points whatever, you know, making tons of power. <laughs> Only making three hundred fifty. Yeah, and that that's a lower powered LS. Yeah, I mean it's it's a lot of horsepower for what it is, but like it is a, a lower powered horsepower when it comes to like pro am driving. Definitely, especially at Irwindale, so everyone seems to think oh, yeah, that you need sure. to have five hundred horsepower. Yeah, to be on the, the bank, and you don't. No, at the time, like it was just me and Rome who had the slowest V eights. Um, maybe not okay, not the slowest, but maybe the more. Um, mildly tuned V8s with 350 horsepower. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not bad. What do you, do you uh, did you upgrade your valve train too recently? Is that how you're able to go to 7,000 RPMs? Yeah. So we the first time we dynoed the car um, after we got the motor back from Extreme Performance in San Bernardino, we actually blew up on the dyno, but it wasn't the motor that blew up. It was the trans that blew up the first time. Oh wow. Um, yeah, so we had like a weak transmission mount, and then it gave out. Transmission uh, gave out. Uh, the drive shaft shot through the <laughs> shot through the inside of the car, and Eric from West Tech was, you know, just casually chilling, you know, with a drive shaft in the passenger seat. <laughs> um, wow. So yeah, so we we blew up on the dyno, um, but we were in the middle of like a second tune, so we were making. I think the car was revving up to about like five thousand. Uh, 700 or something like that. So, um, because we blew up on the dyno, we were like, you know what, let's call it. Let's just leave the tune as it is. Um, and then I guess me and Nick decided, okay, you know what, let's fix the car. Let's get it back running and then continue finishing a season on whatever tune we had. And so, um, it was basically, we did, uh, basically two years on an unfinished tune. Hmm. 
Yeah, so when we finally took the car back to West Tech, we we put like a couple new parts on it, just a new manifold, little little bits and pieces here and there. Um, and we were able to push the the red line up to 7,000. Um, internally, nothing changed, you know, not, no different cams or no extra valve train parts or things like that, but um, just a more finished tune, more refined tuned, and we were able to rev it up to 7,000, but we buffer it down, obviously. We, we we're only revving to maybe 6,700, I believe, is our our number that we finished off with. Oh, okay. Yeah, so. Yeah, I'm on an unfinished, or was, rather, on an unfinished tune as well. When I went to the uh, dyno, the guy couldn't strap my car down because it was too low. And oh, nice. That's yep, a good problem. Yep, tell me about it. And <laughs> it was on its highest settings on the rear coilovers. Holy crap. Damn, dude. Yeah, so... I've been running around on E85 with a, a questionable tune. Yeah. Oh, you're running E85? Yeah. Oh, sick. <clears throat> yeah, we're only on running basically pump gas 91. I don't, I don't even know why I did it. I think it was just because like, I could say, hey, I run E85. And by the way, yeah, yeah. I have to get rid of all this fuel when the day is over because I never use it all. But I always bring enough just in case. Yeah, you know, it's it's so true because, like, a lot of our friends, obviously, running E85, um, obviously, there's benefits to it. Mm-hmm. But for us, um, I guess building a car at the time when we started building our car, it was kind of more of a, let's make a simple package just because we didn't want to get in it over our heads when it comes to building a motor, building a race car, and then spending all this money and not being able to do anything with it just because, you know, like, what's, what's the point if you build a what 500 horsepower car but you can't even qualify you know what i mean agreed yeah so we kept it pretty low and then just i guess driver skill um and then just you know even though we spent um a couple years in pro-am not really qualifying but my last two years consistently qualifying just because we actually finally refined the car and refined my driving so you've been able um, to adapt yeah, and I think 350 horsepower, I, you know, honestly, I think 400 horsepower is way more than enough to do any of the SoCal Pro-Am tracks. Mm-hmm. I don't think you need a lot of horsepower. I think you just need a lot of seat time, and I think you honestly just need to be comfortable in your car. Also true. Yeah. Also true. But there are those those rare people who will just, like, get into it and then just kill for some reason. Oh, dude, absolutely, man. Like, I wish I was one of those guys, yeah, but same. I'm not guy yeah i i'm i'm way too calculated for that i wish i was more calculated i see a lot of people who are like more consistent and consistently do well rather than being so aggressive when they go out there and i really (laughs) really wish i had the self-control to just be like calm your tits and just get around the lap without crashing but no there's like no in between with me honestly like it's something you learn i mean i remember my first two years of pro-am um I, I was just every coming home every round after not qualifying was just so disappointing. Um, so I think my my third year from the, the year that we actually started doing really well, um, mm. it was one of those moments where you know what like let's let's not go balls out into the wall all the time. You know let's not destroy the car every round body kit wise or you know angle kit or whatever. You know like let's not hit the wall or like cones or things like that. Let's actually just be more solid. Um, 
And I think having that mindset of just being more consistent and hitting all the marks that the judges want uh, helped me improve as a driver um, way faster than, you know, just being all balls out and inconsistent and things like that. And with that, the first two years, did you have a spotter? Yes, I had a spotter. Nick Nick has always been my spotter. Like, Nick, my brother, he's, he's always been my yeah. spotter. Okay. The thing is, when we went into Pro-Am and, like, our very first you know, years, our first couple rounds. Obviously, it's our first time doing it. We didn't really know what we were looking for. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like as a spotter, it was it's hard to say um, what the car is doing versus what the driver is doing to the car. Mm-hmm. But after a while, I mean, me and Nick have been driving for a while together. Um, we we can kind of just see what each other are doing, and we can kind of mentally know what's going on to the car by listening to it, you know, like how much throttle I'm actually giving it or um, how committed I am to the turn just because uh, I guess we have that like brotherly bond, you know, like it's pretty sick. But also Nick builds the car Nick maintains it. Yeah. Nick knows what's going on with the car. So if I'm giving, if I'm having issues here at this point, he already knows what's going on. You know, like if I'm spinning, if I'm rotating, um, he is always like on the radio, like, Hey, come in, let me make a couple adjustments and we'll go back out. And then right after, you know, those adjustments were like nine and day different. Yeah. So, so I, he's not only your spotter, he's also the builder, the mechanic. Yeah. He's like our builder, mechanic, crew chief, but not only is he my builder, my mechanic, my crew chief, my spotter, he's also Rome's uh, mechanic, his crew chief, his spotter. Yeah. So, especially this year. Um, he he took on double duties running a two car program. It was it's pretty gnarly to see. Yeah, and pro am to do that is kind of hard because usually you don't get a lot of help in pro am. No, not at all. <clears throat> yeah, Nick Nick is he's a one in a million type of guy, man. He's one of those guys you definitely want on your team. But I definitely respect the way you and kind of Rome run your guys's program because I kind of see you guys. You know, you. I don't want to say mimic. I think mimic is uh for lack of a better word. Um, kind of like what the pro teams are doing. Like you, you know, when you make an announcement, you kind of do it together, or you know, vice versa. Yeah. Well, In- the the reason why we do that is just because um, there's so many drivers out there just trying to, I guess, like market themselves as, oh, I'm I'm this type of guy, I'm this type of person, you know, I can do all this, blah blah blah. Well, like when it comes to it, like drifting for us and for like me, I I'm pretty sure I can speak for Rome too. It's kind of all about just having a good time with your friends, you know, having a good time at the track and um, just pushing each other as drivers to do better. Mm. Um, and so for us, it's just like, you know what, let's just partner up. Let's just do everything together. Let's just do life together. Um, and it's it's kind of different when it comes to Pro-Am when you see drivers approach sponsors and approach events and approach rounds as a team rather than themselves, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like there's so many drivers in top drift and in the drift league um that are just a one one man crew or like a like a he's the driver he builds the car blah 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 you know type of guy but there's no team around it i guess is what i'm trying to say like Um, they're all they're friends and they'll help each other out but they're not really doing like a a quote-unquote like team member or team building activities so to speak yeah yeah kind of yeah you know exactly I, I get what you're saying. I, I see that. And and I could also see why someone would want to do something by themselves at the same time. Because it can, can be kind of difficult if you have to rely on somebody else. Yeah. And then if you yeah. get stuck with someone who's unreliable. Oh, dude. You yeah. know what I mean? Oh, dude. I've had my 
sure people like that but um thankfully we have a very solid program this year no and i noticed and i, I thought that was really great and then even the way you guys kind of set up your pit like that's a really nice pit setup <laughs> you know we try to make it very inviting um just because like yeah, we're, we're in Pro-Am, you know, like, obviously, we're not the best of the best, you know, like, we're not the FD drivers, but, you know, why stop at that mentality when you want to be in FD, you know, you want to be considered the best of the best. I 100% so why not start agree with, with that right there. Yeah, yeah, why not start with being, you know, inviting to, like, I guess, the fans, the people mm-hmm. on the track, and, you know, invite them to the pits, invite them to get to know you, you know? Exactly. And, like, even I get, like, super awkward when people will come up and talk to me, I'm like, hey, what's up? Like, I'm, like, super short with them. And I'm not doing it to be an asshole. I'm just, I'm not, like, a very social person. Yeah, for sure. It, it's, for me, it's it's really awkward, too, because um, a lot of the guys who come down and, you know, talk about the car and things like that, uh, they get really detailed questions, and they start asking, like, okay, what are you running here? What are you running here? What are you running here? And to be completely honest, you know, um, Nick is the guy who built the car. Like, you know, this is, it's Nick's baby, so. yeah. As far as, you know, what main parts I are on the car, those are, like, the couple things I know. But when it comes to all the details on all the secret fab work he's done to the car that he doesn't want to tell me, it, you know, it's like I, I wish I could tell everyone all our secrets, but um, we kind of don't. I Or I kind of don't really know what's going on with the car. I just – I'm at this point where I'm blindly trusting Nick because he's gotten us uh, so far, so far, you know? That sounds really believable. Yeah. I'm <laughs> just kidding. Yeah. No, but that's good. It's good to have those things. And then, you know, I never understand. Personally, I don't understand the whole, like, being not necessarily secretive. I guess that's what that kind of what is what it is, right? You know, you kind of hold your own little things you found out to yourself. And yeah, yeah I yeah. don't see that I, personally, <laughs> but it doesn't bother me that people do it. I just don't see. Right. Right. You know, and like they're. Like obviously, um, the right thing to do would be more in like, in, like tell people what's going on. You know, like when no, they. No, have, no, like, I don't think it's wrong. Yeah. yeah, just to be honest, like I really don't know what's like oh, no. the car no, behind no. you or like you know like our spring rate dampening things like that. Oh, how shit, the suspension? I, don't know. <laughs> I really don't know what's going on. I just I really just trust Nick. If he makes the call, he makes the call, and then I just trust his decisions. Yeah, and, and then normally I I just guess. Do you ever kind of have like your own input? Like, hey. Yeah, 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 for sure. I want to uh, I want to lower the dampening a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lower tire pressure, or you know, let's let's make adjustment here and there. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh. When it comes to like tire pressure and like what when it comes to like feedback on the rear end of the car, mm-hmm. um, that's just that's something where. Uh, you just have to trust your instincts, you know, like if you, and okay, you know what, this is, this is a perfect example. Um, the bank at Irwindale, mm-hmm. it's, it's ridiculously long. It's pretty high. It's massive. And it's such a gnarly bank, you know, and like when it comes to my car, when it, I only have 350 horsepower, um, it is really hard to get into all the right zones. So, you know, I kept asking Nick for like more tire pressure, more tire pressure so I can get higher so i can let the car float into the zones mm-hmm. um and let's say round round two was my last round that was my best round because um, i made it into the grade eight um we were running so, some gnarly tire pressure i think it was like 62 psi or something like that whoa yeah yeah and so nick was like okay let's just go higher let's just go higher so you're comfortable so yeah we were at like 62 psi 
And then, <laughs> and on <laughs> what tire were you on? It was a Federal RSR. Uh, it was a two thirty five forty seventeen. Okay, so that's yeah. gives a little bit of perspective for some people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that high pressure yeah. with, which is a rather smaller tire, I want to say. Uh, Kinda. We okay. So I started off this year with a two fifty five tire. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I could not spin that. You know, I couldn't click forward and spin it easily like I wanted to. Okay. So we progressively started going lower. So we went to a two thirty five. That seemed to be the sweet spot, but then. We had, sorry, I just burped. <laughs> Don't worry. Uh, yeah, yeah. So uh, I think we had a practice day where we act on oh, All Star Bash or something like that. We we ran a two twenty five tire, um, and then we got our tire pressures to a more reasonable uh, forty psi. Okay. Yeah, but still, like I mean, I'm not running like you know like a twenty psi. Two fifty-five, something like that. You know, I'm I'm actually running what the car is limited to do. So huh. you got to work. What you got? <laughs> what was that? No, I said you got to work with what you got. Oh, I thought he. T- I thought you laughed at something afterwards. Yeah, yeah. Oh, came out a little weird. Um, but yeah, and then for you like when when you go into qualifying do you ever get nervous or do you just you don't even think about it you just go and qualify <laughs> you're you're going to hate this response so um i i realized that the more i think about driving the more i suck so um i started doing this thing last year where you know while we're gridding in mm-hmm. line to go on track it takes a while you know we're we're probably in line for like 10 15 minutes yeah well um I'm actually on my phone on Netflix watching Family Guy. Um, and at the time, Family Guy was on Netflix. Now it's on Hulu. So I'm actually on my phone in line watching Hulu right until I'm maybe like the third driver out. And then I'll try to, you know, like recenter myself. But there are times where um, I've, I've just, you know, like overthought things, you know, like, you know, the more I try to be more serious about uh, my driving and like how I'm going to attack the course, the worse I drove. Yeah. So, so I started um, trying to do everything I can to get my mind off drifting up until the very last minute, and then just go there. Because I feel like your your driver instinct should kick in. Um, well, for me, I feel like my driver instinct should just kick in and let ev- ev- let everything be more natural. You know what I mean? So I'm not overthinking everything. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, That's if good. you're yeah, I mean, if you're ever at a you know at a drift event when you're not in your car but you happen to walk down like i guess the line for like the grid line mm-hmm. i'll most likely be on hulu man watching family guy <laughs> you know it's, i don't i i'm always on my damn phone anyway so i'm always tinkering yeah, like yeah. but the only time i get nervous and it's only for a second it's when it's right before my burnout and someone else is in front of me getting warming up their tires yeah and i for some reason, I get a little nervous. I do my burnout, and then as soon as I dump the clutch to do the burnout, it goes away. <laughs> yeah, heck yeah, dude. It goes, I don't know where it's at. So, it dude, the, the, the best part is when um, you're watching this guy do his burnout, right? And then he's doing the, 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 the longest burnout, the longest, like, warm-up tire session he can possibly do. And then um, 
you're just watching him like progressively warm up his tires and you're like, you know what, that guy is very prepared. But then you see the guy completely butcher his run um, or like strain out or like spin out or something. Mm-hmm. Um, those are the moments. That happened actually quite a lot at, at Top Drift. But those are the moments where you're like, you know what, like I don't know if I have this, you know? Mm-hmm. So sometimes like I'll get nervous after I see someone else spin on track after doing such a crazy burnout warm-up session. I start to get nervous, you know, like if I see someone doing it on track and he's doing great and looks super easy, then like, I'm not worried. But if I see someone spin out on track, I, I kind of start to get worried. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird. I can see why. Like you're like, well, shit, is it wet over there or something? Yeah. 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 It's it's super weird. Is there something I have to look out for when I get, you know, when you get to the spot where he spun out at? Yeah. (laughs) Excuse me. Sorry. I got a little cough. So. Been uh, trying to deal with that. No, but uh, yeah, yeah, no worries. That's that's definitely something to think about. I never really thought about it like that. Like, oh, watch this guy do this fat burnout because he looks prepared as fuck. <laughs> yeah, and he yeah. bombs. <laughs> yeah, so it's like one of those things where, and like when it comes to qualifying, you know, we only we only get two tries. Yeah, like you never want to butcher your first run, you know, and um. If you do butcher your first run, you only have one run left, and it's just mad pressure. And so it's one of those things that you never want to get into those uh, situations, I guess. Hmm. That's true. So what was uh, what was your first program event like when you first um, competed? Like, how much preparation did you do? Did you ever attend like a program event prior, or did you just go? My first program event was. Uh, 2015 top drift round one. Um, I remember it was like, you know, me and Micah partnered up and we were just, you know, going there. Uh, we pitted together and we were like, you know what, we're going to, we're going to crush this right now. We're going to do really well. Mm-hmm. And then, um, it was the year that, um, Adam Napik was still in it. Um, Spike Chen was still in it. Uh, Matt Madrigali was still in it. Trailer Joe was still in it. Um, dang, a lot of a lot of Pro Two drivers now were still in it at the time. Yeah. Uh, and oh, Matt Kaufman was in it, I think. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, and I remember just seeing all these guys, um, just you know, slay and just destroy round one balcony. Um, but I remember the night before, I was watching videos of like you know Top Drift 2014. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was just trying to get every edge I could possibly do. And it just, it just wasn't working, you know, like I was way too nervous going into it. You know, like I, as, as prepared as we were, there were random mecha- mechanical failures we were having. We were having like random engine problems or, uh, at the time we were running E46, uh, control arms mm-hmm. on the E36 with like modded knuckles. Uh, and it just felt like. Uh, maybe like the knuckles were, oh, you know what? Yeah, the knuckles, it was like the first batch of one of our friends, um, like, you know, angle kit, quote unquote. And so we tried it out and it just made the car feel like crap. And so we were battling weird issues where um, the car would like rotate because uh, it would like bind or we had way too much tire pressure or not enough tire pressure. And when it comes to like pro-am events like that, you you kind of have to dial your car in as fast as possible, right? Yeah, uh, especially well, on a round one of Top Drift when sixty yeah. drivers show up. 
Yeah, for sure. And like, it sucks too because I remember we still weren't dialed when it came into qualifying, and qualifying was on on day two, right? Yeah. Um, and so we were having, we we're still having tons of issues and like the car wasn't cooperating. And so just multiple factors here and there just made it super nerve wracking. And I just butchered everything. Like I spun on my first run and then I straightened out on my second run and it was just like, not the, not the round that I was proud of, but it, I mean, you live and learn, you know, you have to figure out how to get your car dialed as soon as possible. You have to get your. Uh, your team ready as soon as possible and everyone has to know what they're doing and things like that and so it was definitely a, like a eye-opening experience for sure hmm. would you say from then to now would you say that you're still learning something new at every event or have you kind of like you kind of got it now and then you know it's uh, you know what to expect or is it just you never know it's like a wild animal you, <laughs> you know what i i want to say as prepared as you possibly can be you have to be open to the fact that something's gonna not go your way you know what i mean yeah uh, and so <clears throat> i like for let's say for like the top drift events just because i know there's two days like you get a day one of all practice and then day two that's when qualifying and competition happens right yeah so for top yeah. drift i like not being the first one out on track like I like watching the guys um, lay down their first couple runs. Like I'll I'll let them drive for maybe like 40 minutes before I suit up and get in my car. You know, just because I want to see where the traction is on track, or I want to see what everyone's doing when it comes to initiation, how they're transitioning, you know, how how they're hitting the zones and things like that. And also when it comes to like program events, sometimes the judges alter the course in the middle of a practice session, right? Yes. So I never want to dial myself in for a course that I know is going to get changed. So usually for the first couple minutes, I'll let someone I'll let the guys drive and I guess experiment with the track so I know what to do. Yeah. Um, just because there's so many times where we've also seen uh, our you know like our friends and like our fellow competitors crash um, because they were trying to figure out the track as well and you never want to be the guy that learns by crashing into a wall you know what what do you mean um i remember at round four of uh top drift i forgot who it was but there was an s14 who uh who crashed no it was like an s13 i think uh crash into the wall um the first bank at the stadium oh wow um, yeah oh you know what it was rob carlson oh man i didn't mean to name drop but <laughs> was that 2016 when he did that and it was during practice yeah, it was but he also practice. drives really fucking aggressive. Yeah, well, yeah. So there, there are differences in our driving, obviously. But yeah. it's one of those things where I would much rather see someone else figure out the absolute limits of the track rather than my <laughs> than your car. Yeah, no, exactly. I, I mean, it's... I'm sure everyone else has the budget. You know, I mean, I, I unfortunately don't, so I have to make sure every dollar <laughs> counts. I guess you know. Yeah. No, you gotta you gotta stretch every dollar you can. Yeah, for sure. Especially when you're on a minimal budget. Yeah. So I definitely agree, but that's that's a smart way to look at it, or at least to approach it to. Especially in yep. prom, because they you're right, they do. I remember even in the drift league, or actually, I did round one of at balcony this year too. They did change the course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you never want to. Um, I guess okay. I'm not saying. For every driver, but for me, I'm, I I don't like 
driving a course and then having them alter it and then relearning it. You know, I mean, I'd much rather just watch someone do it, watch them get the track altered on them and then figure out what I can and can't do on course. Yeah. No, no, that's, that makes sense. That makes sense. And yeah. Maybe not something necessarily I would do because I would just want to go get some seat time. Yeah. Because yeah, I yeah. need it. And, uh, but, but it, especially if you're kind of a, mm, a veteran in pro-am now, since you, what, you've been doing this, you're going to enter your fifth year of competition? Yeah. So, yeah, I guess I should be a veteran. Wow. I'm old now. Jeez. <laughs> oh, yeah. Dang it. Thanks, y- man. Yeah, you're welcome. And, uh, <laughs> no, but that's good, though. It, you know, you know what to look for and you know what you, you know, you're there and you're there to get your license from my understanding, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. My okay. plan is to drive Long Beach for sure. And oh. I can only do that if I have my FD license. Yeah, I know. Long Beach is probably one of my favorite courses too. Oh, it, for sure. it's like I could die at any moment at this track. <laughs> well, not yeah, die, yeah. but you could bounce off the walls like a damn ping pong ball. There's something about it. I think it's, it's the season opener of FD and then just everyone and their mother just comes out and watches and Long then Beach, it's you know what I mean? So it's, cow, it's right by the beach. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's a good it's a good way to show off to your friends that hey, I made it, you know? Yeah, and if you don't do any other round other than Long Beach, that's cool. Long Beach was probably the best way to do it. Yeah. And then um if <laughs> let's say you you get licensed this year, are you completely ready to go to Pro 2 next year? So, I hate being the guinea pig. Um and for the longest time between me and Rome, I was the guinea pig just because I've had more experience on the car. So it was easier for me to make changes first on the car than have Rome finalize the changes. You know, when it comes to like um, modifying some suspension parts and angle kits and things like that, yeah. just drivability of the car. Because at the at, for a while, we basically had the same car, same motor, same trans. Yeah, I remember. Same chassis. Yeah. So it was easier for us because my car had the R&D to just destroy my car and then have Rome's car be the the perfect uh e36 um so it was cool i, oh, I was, so I was a okay. test mule yeah yeah <laughs> it was cool i was okay with it but um we figured out you know all the weakest links of the e36 so yeah. we're, we're pretty solid now um <clears throat> as of now i mean rome's going into pro 2 next year 2019 so um i'm pretty certain i'm trying to be very confident for my year you know next year i'm hoping for a pro 2 license you know what I'm, I'm gonna get it i'm just gonna say it i'm gonna get it i'm gonna be confident nothing wrong with I, that lucky. i'm just saying i need that confidence so i'm gonna get it but um, you've also progressively driven better since i've started watching you i think i remember seeing you qualify for the first time at round four of 2016 when your car was black with cherry blossoms yeah yeah and then i had to go against uh adam napik who qualified first and then who won the event so mm-hmm. <laughs> oh that was great that was a good time no but he's he's a great driver and yeah you're right i mean i i did progressively um i guess become better as a driver as the years progressed but um i don't know man like i i'm i'm really hungry for it i want that pro to you life and when was the first time you broke into top eight uh this year um against uh tj hunt yeah at horse thief no it was uh it was at round four or round three um this year so that was what james yeah that was what june i think okay this year yeah so and then you uh, did it again uh second round of drift league correct yeah yeah and then that was it because the trans blue at round four of 
of the of Top Drift. That's right. Didn't you guys like bastard another one in there? Yeah, it was it was yeah, so we had a TR sixty sixty, we blew it up, we borrowed um uh we borrowed Cameron's T fifty six. It was chilling at Rome's house. So I busted a mission and uh went from Willow back to Rancho Cucamonga, picked up a trans, um the drive shaft, the uh the the transmission mount, clutch, things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then went back to Willow. Um the guys had everything apart by uh, like two in the morning, and then we continued finishing off the car at like eight in the morning, uh, and then yeah, I continued practicing, and then got into top sixteen. But it was something, something with that trans was just kind of weird. Like the gearing was off. T fifty six. Yeah, like all of all I of hate round. That thing. Yeah, all of round four. I was doing, uh, I was doing the track in fourth, and then downshifting to third. Mm-hmm. With the T fifty six, I was stuck in third, and then I at one point almost have to downshift the second. Yeah, I'm sick. not a fan of that trans. Oh really? I've never liked it. Uh, it was in my Cadillac, and then the minute I was able to sell it, I sold that thing. Dang. Because my dad's like, "Oh, aren't you gonna put it in your BMW?" I was like, "Nope, it's going no. bye bye." <laughs> yeah. What, hey, what trans are you running now? I'm running a Muncie M twenty. Oh, an old school trans. Yeah. Sick. So basically, just a four speed. Oh, right on. It's got no problems, so I'm not touching it. Yeah, 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 for sure. So, well, it it makes a little noise going into reverse. <laughs> that's about it, though. Yeah, that's not too bad, though. No, no, no. And then if I put it, like, <laughs> let's say if I have the clutch in and I put it in first first before yeah. I throw it in reverse, it doesn't make the noise. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. fine. Every, every trans does that. <laughs> I, fingers crossed. Uh <laughs> When when did you uh when did you when did you first start drifting like what did you was it the same car that you have now is that what you started in uh okay so yeah like my first car when okay like my first taste of drifting um I uh, I had a Nissan two forty um because my Acura Integra got stolen. Okay. <laughs> I saved up money and got a 240, um, and then I I learned how to do a couple donuts. Um, I learned how to do figure eights and the 240, and it was just like you know, stupid like parking lot stuff and um, you know empty streets and things like that. And it was just it was just enough so I could figure out okay, this is what it feels like to have the car slide around and things like that. Um, well. I finally ditched that car just because a lot of my friends were having issues with the car and like, I just didn't want to be a 240 driver. You know what yeah. I mean? Like I, I just, something about it, like I didn't really like, but also the story was, um, my dad hated that car. <laughs> Don't blame him. Um, yeah. 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 <laughs> my dad absolutely hated that car and he hated watching me, uh, fix the car because it broke all the time. So, um, he actually sat me down and told me that when he was when he was younger and in Indonesia, he actually did uh, rally driving, like he actually was doing rallies with his car. Oh shit! And I was like, yeah, I was like, dude, man, you you tell me this now, and at the time I'm like, nineteen. Uh-huh. <laughs> I was like, you told me this now. I could have been driving since I was like eleven, and you tell me this now. 
he was like, yeah, I just didn't want you to uh, get involved with stuff like that. But apparently, like, it's in our blood. So um, he told me, if you get rid of the 240 and if you get into a BMW chassis, because he's a big BMW guy. My dad's a super, like, classic BMW guy. I know. Like, I've nice- been to your house. <laughs> That's all you oh, guys yeah. have. <laughs> There's, like, E30s everywhere. We have a we had a, a 2002. Um, yeah, so it's just BMWs everywhere. But yeah, so he told me if I got into a BMW, then he'll like, you know, start coaching me. He'll start supporting me. Yeah. Uh, And I was like, you know what? Like, that sounds like a good idea. (laughs) Um, Even though at the time I thought, you know, BMWs were more expensive, the parts were expensive, like it's going to be a hassle. Mm -hmm. It actually turned out to be like the biggest blessing because when I started with the E36, um, when I started doing like Adams and things like that. I was the only BMW driver. Everyone had like a 240. Everyone had an S14, an RX-7, a Miata. Um, so it just looked different to see an E36 uh, drifting back yeah. in, what was this, 2005 or 2015 maybe? Uh-huh. Yeah, so that was that was different. Um, and then, I mean, I just fell in love with Cassie. I never wanted a BMW, but I just started to fall in love with it. Um and it turned into like I guess the easiest chassis to drive. For you. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you have an E46. Is isn't it easy? It's pretty easy. Uh, you know, I have nothing else to compare it to. So. I, oh, okay. <laughs> ask me that question. <laughs> in about six months, when I'm driving the new car. Yeah, I just I just feel like you know it's it's a cheap car. It has enough power. Um, you don't need you don't need much, man. Um, you don't. Yeah, I think between what like a for like entry level cars, I think E thirty six, E forty six, a three fifty Z is kind of for sure. Is, yeah, those are like all butter to start with. Like those are great. You can't really go wrong with those cars. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, T forties are cool. And you remember, um, you can but... build that thing from that little shit box you buy, <laughs> and you're burning up fifteen inch tires, and then you know yeah. they're yeah, pro level true. cars, the same car. Yeah, and it's it's nice because, um, you, yeah, it's true. You don't need much to go drifting, um, but I just feel like a lot of the guys who who go drifting they just overbuild the cars and they can't drive it anymore. You know, so um, it sucks to see it, but it'd be nice to see more stock E thirty sixes from drivers who are actually learning to drive, and mm-hmm. you know what I mean. But oh well, I I'd say that, but I think the way I see it is. I don't see it as being overbuilt or maybe it is, but what I do see is like, I see someone, they put a lot of money into it or they put, they throw a lot of parts at it rather. It's, it's not it's throw the, oh, yeah, out the window. Yeah. You throw a lot of parts at it, but you don't know how to adjust those parts. So you don't know what you're doing. Yeah. And yeah, uh, that makes sense. And I, yeah. that if you don't know how, you know, camber and caster work, you should just work on that first before you just start throwing parts at it. Yeah. So I can yeah. agree with that. I guess when it comes to like, like guys learning how to drive and, um, you know, setting up their cars right. I mean, there's, you just really need to figure out what your car is capable of doing and like you know hitting the absolute max of your car before you start modifying things, right? Yeah. Yeah. I agree because then you know you want to outdrive your car or at least drive well enough to be like, damn, this car is holding me back now. Yeah, that's that's a good way to look at it. Drive. Yeah the car to its absolute limit and then um start modifying things here and there to fit your driving style 
Although I'm saying that I'm not doing any of that, but I do agree with it 100% that you should just start slow. Yeah, you know what? I'm I'm agreeing with it because I have the slowest V8. I have 350 horsepower, and I'm just making it work, man. <laughs> yeah, but excuse me, you can you can still like you're in a 5.3, so those little 5.3s, you know, you throw a little some boost at it, and those things are nuts. Yeah. We're we're actually thinking, you know what? Maybe maybe this is like the perfect setup. Like I think, especially this year, and um, we were messing around at All Star Bash and at Winter Jam. We're just trying to figure out what the car can and can't do. Mm-hmm. Um, there's nothing really I, I want to change on the car. You know, I mean, there's I I feel like I don't want too much power. I don't want nitrous. I don't want a supercharger. I don't want another motor. Like it's it's enough. You know. Yeah, if it's working for you, then I would. Yeah, maybe, maybe change gearing, that. Change the gearing a little bit. Um, um, maybe hopefully get a couple more parts to make the reliability nicer. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm trying, especially next year, I'm trying not to overbuild the car, um, mm. and trying not to spend a ton of money on the car just so I can say, hey, I didn't spend X amount of money on a pro M. Um, season mm. i want to say like i i just drove the car i got as much seat time as i possibly can and i made the car as reliable as i possibly can um i don't know i mean i've seen so many guys with like you know the big horsepower and the you know the bigger out outbuilt cars i guess yeah. not get much seat time because they've been you know wrenching on their cars because something went wrong yep. um, yeah and for us luckily nothing has Nothing major apart from the trans blowing up has happened that we can't address in under five minutes. You know what I mean? Like, even if we break an axle, it's super easy um, on our cars. You know, we can take care of that. I think Nick's record was, like, six minutes changing an axle in and out. So, there's nothing... Yeah, there's nothing um, I want to, I guess, upgrade. You know, like, when it, it comes to power or angle kit or... Etc. or whatever. Um, yeah, I we already think, have a pretty gnarly angle kit on that thing. Yeah, but I mean, with 350 horsepower, you can't really push that kit to its max. I um, that's I can see that. Okay. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like you're not you're not getting as much speed into the first turn as you want. So, yeah. Yeah. So we actually, um, I mean, we're we're using it as much as we can, but you know, like sometimes you just have to drive with what you got. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think the only thing I really, really, really want to change is hopefully just gearing, you know, maybe if the budget allows and if I can save up enough money, figure out like a dog box situation or instead of a dog box, maybe a like winter's rear end situation, mm-hmm. something like that. You know, I heard that it's almost better to go with the winners first than even before the dog box. Yeah, that's, or... that's what we've been hearing too. And it kind of makes sense, but, um, yeah. I do love the sound of the dog box engaging. I do. I love the freaking line. You know, that's the only fucking reason I want one. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, uh, and you know, like all of our friends have it. You know. But uh, small little uh, detail: if you want a poor man's dog box, I've been googling that lately, <laughs> and it's called a crash box. And what you do is you like file every other tooth down on the uh, synchros, and there's like yeah. some there's some other things you file down inside the trans. So when it engages, it just clunks in. Uh, but, so, it, but it works like a dog box. <laughs> but you cannot downshift, according 
to all the forums. That's interesting. Why? I, okay. I, I mean, I like downshifting. So yeah, so do I. <laughs> I don't think I. I don't think that's the box for me then. <laughs> no, no. But uh, the Muncie M22, it's it's dubbed quote unquote the Rock Crusher. That one has a wine to it. Yeah. You can actually uh, look that up, but that thing's like almost as much as a damn dog box. You may as well just buy the damn dog box. Yeah. I mean, I also hate being the guinea pig and trying to figure everything out for the first time. You know what I mean, I'd rather. <laughs> watch someone figure it out and get it situated and then actually uh, go the same route they did. You know what I mean? So I'm not wasting money. I, I wish I was like that. I, I have this thing to not worry about failure so much. I just kind of yeah. figure I look at it as a, like, okay, can't do it that way. Let's try something else. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, I I don't have that mentality. I wish I had yours. I've had I promise. so many random instances where that's completely backfired on me. Yeah. So, um, what, I I want a more reliable season. <laughs> yeah. What would you if you could afford it? Would you do the? I'm sure you've seen that RTS's new sequential. You know, it looks really sick. I'm I'm a big fan, but I don't, I don't know if I'm I could do the sequential. Uh, so there's, there's a thing that Taka's been, uh, Taka Ayano, he's been kind of coaching me about this, but upshifting in drifting mm-hmm. to find action. You know what I mean? Like, let's say you're spinning third, but you want the car to slow down or you want the car to get more traction instead of letting off upshift or something like that. So, um, that's what Taka was, was trying to coach into me just because he could see, I wanted to go faster, but I didn't want to sacrifice uh, maybe tire pressure or, or I didn't have a wide enough tire or something like that. So that's something I've been working on, just like upshifting mid-drift. So instead of staying in third, upshifting to fourth and like having the power finally pull you out. You know yeah. I mean? What's up? What's up? My apologies. <laughs> I'm surprised it lasted that long. That's that's pretty much the longest it's ever lasted without interruption. Minutes, man, that's not bad. Fifty-four minutes. <laughs> I, you know, we're breaking records here today. <laughs> now, uh, we I tried doing a show with Sam Bennett on Tuesday night. Yeah. Every five minutes, man. This thing. I think it was kind of a combination of both his and mine, because he said he's like sometimes his kind of acts a little finicky, and it was just a shit show. So we both just gave up. Yeah. No, no worries, dude. Like, I think um, maybe he was on his, like, phone or something, like, on the phone internet instead of actually, like, a dedicated, like... No, no, he was... Uh... Are you on your phone? No. <laughs> yeah, he was on a laptop, from my understanding. Oh, sweet. Yeah, so I was like, this piece of crap. I was so mad. Not yeah, at him. Well... Just, a, just the whole situation was getting really infuriating because we would, like, get into a conversation, and then it would die. So. That but... sucks. You were saying uh, Takayano, he gave you some feedback, and then I responded. <laughs> now I remember. Okay. Yeah. Sure. He, I yeah. Like... Go with that. I did. Or were you still in the middle of something, and then it cut out? No, I don't, I don't know. I think, I think I finished what I was trying to say, but I realized it already cut out. So I was like, oh, okay, never mind. Don't worry. I got it. I, I got the recording. It cut out on my end first then, probably. But yeah, what I really like about Taka is like he's really super proactive. Like he goes to you and tells you like, "Hey, try this." Yeah, yeah, like, sure. And the, did you deal with Jeff Jones at all when he was at the Drift League judging? Uh, Jeff Jones, Jeff Jones. Yeah, he's he's a solid. Um, he gives you solid advice. Yes. But 
I thought so. <laughs> yes, yes and no. Um, there were times where I'm like, hey man, that's not gonna work on my car. Like it, the car doesn't do that. Whatever. However, Riley, Riley gives better advice. Mm-hmm. I'd say Riley Cahill gives the best advice at the Drift League. Gotcha, gotcha. I, I, I've talked to him a couple times. I, him and I haven't really conversed too much. Yeah. So I feel like. No, it's it's one of those things where, like, as drivers, you know, when it comes to, like, judging and things like that, mm-hmm. just you freaking break that wall when it comes to, like, talking to the judges, you know what I mean? Because in the long run, if you, you know, if you can get them uh, to give you, like, feedback, they'll it'll work out in your favor as, you know, that's the best To be thing a better driver. That's, yeah, that's exactly. understandable. Okay. I can definitely see that. <clears throat> but... So are you excited for the new season? Did you are you making any changes to the car? Are you doing any rebuilds, or are you just kind of leaving it alone? <laughs> uh, no, we've we're we're trying to shed a lot of weight. Okay. Well. Yeah, on the car, um, and that's all I can say. I can't say where we're cutting it from, but we're we're trying to shed some weight. Yeah. Uh, no, no. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, and also just. Yeah, just the big thing is just figure out reliability. I mean, it's it's been solid so far. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, maybe just take a look at, uh, maybe take a look inside the transmission every now and then, maybe every other round, or take the car apart every other round. Nick's been um, getting very uh, proactive with the car, and every freaking round, uh, he'll pull the engine out, pull the clutch out, pull everything out, take a look at everything, um, and it, it literally takes him like you know maybe like a day or two. To, to take it all out and then put it all back together. But, um, yeah, I mean, we're in it to win, so we got to do whatever it takes, I guess. No, definitely. And to do that much preventive maintenance, just to even look at it. Cause if there's so much as a crack somewhere, yeah, you can exactly. address it sooner than rather than find out. Yeah. At the and track. What's, what's nice is, um, we've also started accumulating a bunch of spare parts, you know, a bunch like a spare clutch, a spare fuel pump, Nice. Um, you know, just random things like that. Injectors, I've, uh, I've water pump. Yeah, power steering pump. But uh, we've taken kind of a book out of, like, the pro guys, like the FD guys. And, like, I guess, I forgot who did it. I think it was, like, someone from Falcon. Maybe it was, like, James Dean's team or something. But they started organizing everything into, like, little little boxes and leaving it in, like, toolboxes so you can access, like, control arms or tie yeah. rods after hits or things like that or ball joints and things like that you know yeah and i even seen some people where they kind of have wow what would you call it not chicken wire but it's kind of like a fence type deal and they just yeah. kind of like zip tie their parts to that yeah rome has that like a like a fence basically yeah and, and that's that's a great idea yeah 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 i don't have an enclosed trailer so that's not happening anytime soon yeah well i i just bought a van um i don't know if you've seen it but i did I, <laughs> it's freaking sweet man Fucking um, tits. That van is the shit. Yeah, dude. Big old 7.3. Um, it's 15 passenger van. Um, and those things are way cheaper than trucks. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Is dude, it diesel? I got my, yeah, it's diesel. I yes. got mine from steel. Yeah, I've seen I've seen like old school buses with like 180,000 miles. Yeah. The little short buses. Yeah, yeah. Three grand. Yeah, that's not bad. It's I got like a got... power stroke in it that'll run forever probably. I uh I traded my truck and put uh some money down. I think it was like let's say like five hundred bucks down because I it wasn't much, but I put like five hundred bucks down and got the van. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it wasn't bad. And that van's big enough to throw anything in it. it looks like. 
Yeah, I mean, we did. We just did the Sonoma like Winter Jam trip. Mm-hmm. There was five of us in the van with basically rows for two people to sleep in the back. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it was it was super comfy. Nice. And it, what about like tires and stuff like that? Do you guys have like a tire rack on your trailer or no? Yeah. So on my trailer, I have a tire rack. But when we we towed the two, we used a two car trailer to Sonoma. Oh, that's right. Because um, Nick drove as well, right? Yeah, yeah, it was a 36-foot trailer, but we just strapped all the tires to the front of the trailer, mm-hmm. um, and then the, obviously the cars also, um, but everything we didn't want to get wet, because it was a rainy weekend. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, everything we didn't want wet, we just kept inside, so all the power tools, all our spare parts, um, just we left it in the van, we just never touched it, you know? Unless you absolutely nice. had to. Did you have Did you have a good time up there? How'd that go? Oh, dude, it was, it was freaking sweet, man. It was... Honestly, Sonoma, um, that track is one of those tracks where if you get the chance to go, it's incredible. It's it's fast. Everything mm-hmm. on that track is fast. We were we were at the top of fourth gear on every every course. I think there were seven courses. Um three out of the seven we were at like top fourth gear. Mm-hmm. It was fast. I loved it. Nice. <laughs> did you guys did you get any tandems in? I, Nick's car does not have a cage, correct? No, he has a cage now. Oh shit! Yeah, he uh, he he threw it over to Rome. Um, Rome finished the cage in like two days. Nice. And then, um, yeah, it was nice. It passes FD Tech, um, and it's a four passenger wagon. Sick. Yeah. So uh, we haven't put the the two bucket seats in the rear, but it supports four bucket seats and harnesses and things like that. Super nice. Uh, you know, I'm not even mad at it. That that'd be pretty bitching to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That car is so fun to drive, man. I, I, I want to get him on at some point. As the mechanic, <laughs> yeah. or not the yeah. mechanic? Is he gonna be driving soon? Uh, yeah, he's he's gonna be competing in pro am with the wagon. Sweet. Um, yeah. So, I mean, we have this thing where, like, obviously, like he's my spotter, I'm his spotter. You know, we're we're crew chiefing each other. Uh-huh. But, I mean. We're hoping that we're in different run groups. You know what I mean? Oh, in Top Drift? Yeah. The, is it go? If I remember correctly, it went by your number, correct? Uh, I want to say yes. Or it was just at random picks. You know what? Yeah, it did go by number because uh, Rome had like 17 or something. And so he was he was in the first run group. But I had like 309, so I was in the last run group. Yeah. Uh, you know what? I had 721 and I was in run group B. Maybe there's only two run groups. <laughs> Shit, you might be right. Yeah, maybe maybe there are only two. <laughs> but it was it's not that's not always like that, isn't? Aren't the rest of them um, open? Yeah, because round one's one of those rounds where there's like sixty drivers. Yeah, who show everyone up. their mom shows up. Yeah, if you yeah. don't qualify, if you don't do well in round one, lot, then won't even show up because round two. Yeah, exactly. If you don't qualify, there's there's no point. I can see that. But wait. <laughs> Hang on, if I'm not mistaken, didn't uh, Beecham not qualify at round one and then won the championship that year? The year he won? You know what? I don't even think he showed up. I want to say yes, but at the same time, I want to say no because that guy. Because you're like, I'm not going to go back on what I just said. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah. Not sure. It, I think he won every single round. That's what it took, though. Oh, damn. 
if yeah. if I'm not mistaken, because uh, Top Drift posts all their stuff. Yeah, you know, af- after this interview, I'm gonna take a look at like the records and things like that. I know, right? <laughs> but you know, what? it's getting around that time, so we're gonna uh, switch over to these Instagram questions we got for you. Hey, I'm down. All right, there's not many, so sweet. We did only post it this whole message thing. Um, like 30 minutes before we did the interview. Yee. Ah, uh, 10 that, minutes. Dang. <laughs> that's my fault. We're almost done. But okay. yeah, I was running around all over SoCal today. So, okay. And then for an hour and a half, almost two hours, I was trying to find a stupid Christmas tree stand. Everyone sold out. <laughs> I was so pissed. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> Excuse me. Last <clears throat> week of Christmas, I think, man. You're, you're kind of lucky. Yeah, and guess who's done zero Christmas shopping is waiting for tomorrow. Uh, this, guy. <laughs> this guy. Nice. Yeah. Okay. So we got Nick W. Photo asking, what's the first car you ever drifted in? Uh, officially, it was a Nissan 240SX. It was a 1989 S13. Uh, I don't know. 1989 Nissan 240SX. It was a fastback. It was black. Um, single cam. Five speed had fake bucket seats and a fake wide body kit, but man, I love that car. Oh. I loved it, but I hated it at the same time. Did did you ever like keep up with it? Like whoever bought it? You know what? I, I at at one point I was so mad that I had to like that I worked on it for so long and it just kept giving me issues. I was like, you know what? Screw this car. Let's let's ditch the car and and get a BMW. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, you got a. RTP photography, <laughs> excuse me. <clears throat> RTP photography asking, will Nick drift with you at some point in separate cars? You answered that already. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we've we've already kind of been doing it. Um, he's always been, you know, borrowing his friends' cars, yeah. <laughs> and we've always gone to like random drift together or like fun days. But um, yeah, it happens actually quite frequently, more than you think. But yeah, that's cool though. We just never post about it. And now he has his own car, and you guys get to drive. Did you guys? I'm sure you guys tandem all weekend. I'm assuming. Yeah, yeah, we 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 did, but um, uh, we we kind of got suckered into like a tandem train with like all the big Duck Club guys. You know, all the guys running that kit. Um, and so there was like six of us or something like that. Um, yeah. But they're all like high horsepower cars, so Nick was like in the back trying to keep up with all of us. <laughs> funny and he's got what, like the m54 yeah uh yeah yeah m54 um <laughs> making like I don't know, 200 maybe horsepower but on that car day. on track was way cooler than any other car just because it's a wagon yeah just because the wagon those things are sick dude. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um i remember some old co-worker oh shit that's how i found out about you now i remember uh it was an old old, co- old co-worker of mine did some work on your car oh uh, sweet yeah, and I can't remember his damn name right now. Uh, but anyways, he used to work here. He was an IT guy for our company, or a project manager for the IT department. Oh, no way. Yeah, uh, something with a damn M. Or no, it was actually, he did work with Casey Wilcox. Uh, My- Michael. It was his name, Michael? <laughs> He's your friend. I'm... I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> I really don't. Um but yeah, he's super. Okay. I no, it wasn't Michael, but it's something with an M, and it's gonna drive me nuts until I find his name, and I know I have it. 
Yeah, you you know this is still recording. Yep, um, <laughs> I I know it, it. That's how much it drives me nuts. <laughs> <laughs> nice. But yeah, and then uh, we got what's our last question? Beam Team Brian, what's it like to have a brother to drift with? I forgot what it was like. Because <laughs> uh, he yeah, Tyler's in the middle of a two J swap. I know. Had, yeah, man, I I am stoked to see that car there. So uh, am I. I love the way that guy drives. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, it's it's cool to have a have a brother that drives and um, I guess drives similarly. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. we, we have such similar mindsets and we kind of position the car on the track the same way. Yeah. Like we just take the outside line so it looks easy. It's easier to tandem with. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, I know not a lot of people think about stuff like that, but he, he's one of those where he's like pretty calculated as well. So I mean, it's really nice, you know, and like. When it comes to having like a three car tandem train between like me, Rome, and Nick, it, it just it's just fun. <laughs> yeah, that's nice, man. And yeah. I don't have my siblings don't even like cars. Dude. My little brother's into music. The best though, because it gets pretty expensive. Yeah, my little brother's into like music and he's like, Yeah. This keyboard yeah. costs as much as your whole car and I was like that's why we're at Guitar Center just looking at it. Shut up, <laughs> asshole. <laughs> yeah, so. it's probably like some vintage like like synthesizer or something like that. <laughs> I have no clue. <laughs> Zero idea. Oh, and it was Norm Taylor. Oh, geez. Oh, Norm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was him, and it was driving me nuts. Yeah. Sorry. I don't yeah, that does not start with an M, but it has an M in there, so I'll give it to you. Thank you. That's all I needed. But, no, he's a good guy. Yeah, okay. he's a cool dude. He uh, moved out of state or something like that. Yeah. But... All right, man. Thank you for being on. Um, I'm actually going to wrap this up and post it tonight since I didn't wasn't able to set the other one. So yeah, no worries, man. Thank thank you for having and me. And where bro. can uh, people find you, sir? Yeah, you can find me at uh, Instagram at Daryl underscore Priono. So that's D A R Y L underscore P R I Y O N O. Um, same as Twitter. Same as Facebook. Um, I don't have a Snapchat. Um, I don't have a Reddit. I don't have a YouTube. Oh, I do have a YouTube channel, but I don't really care for it that much. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think that's about it. Yeah. All right, man. Well, thank you, sir. You have a good night, yeah. man. Thank you, man. All right. Have bye-bye. a great one. Bye. Show's over. Uh, I got a couple more guests coming on this week. I'm going to try to reschedule Sam Bennett next week sometime. Um, and then we're also going to have our first media guy on, uh, which he's a pretty cool dude. He's shot several photos of my car at different events and plenty of the other SoCal guys. And, uh, he's even shot some stuff for Moto IQ, if I'm not mistaken, but he'll be on the next couple weeks. Thank you for listening. Have a good night.